Tired of settling for less than the best with your team's dryland program? SwimStrong Dryland is the answer you've been looking for. With world-class dryland programming for every age group, customized to fit your team's needs, nutritional coaching and education centered on the latest evidence-based research, leadership training and character development to promote an athlete-driven culture, sports psychology education and mental skills training, coaches' corners to promote collaboration, data-driven performance analysis, and an unrivaled family of athletes, coaches, and teams, Fast Swimming starts here. Hey guys, I've been trialing some revolutionary new swim tech, and now you can get your hands on it too. This is EO Swim Better, a swimming evolution in the palm of your hands. Improve your technique with EO Swim Better. Analyze your stroke technique with EO's Swim Better handset. Go to eolab.com, use code BRETT at checkout, and save 10%. All right, here with Tom Decent from the Sydney Morning Herald. Now, people are going to say, Tom, oh, here we go. It's a, it's a, it's an Aussie, you know, is it going to hold them up high and we're going to talk about the Aussies and it's just going to, you know, what, how are we feeling today? How are we feeling about the Aussie swim team? Mate, great. What are we looking at? About six months till the Olympics. Program's taking shape. We've got Doha coming up, which um, are we excited about? I don't know, not really. Um, but mm. yeah, years coming into shape and more interested in who wasn't, you know, selected to go to Doha or who didn't want to go to Doha. Um, yeah. But overall, pretty good. Um, everyone going about their business in a different way and yeah, just trying to elevate those stories as, as much as possible before Paris, eh? Yeah. Now, for those that don't know, the Sydney Morning Herald is is really regarded as kind of the, the leader in sports in terms of like... Uh, respected journalism so you're you're definitely one of those guys that's uh in that realm who's, who's very respected in, in what you do and how you say it when you when you are writing uh specifically about the swimmers how do you write like what, what are you what are you doing when you're creating an article yeah look i mean i generally do news stories i don't do opinion pieces i don't sit there and write loud opinions on things or bag people too much i tell stories like i do interviews, in-depth pieces yeah. with swimmers. I go to all the events and meets, yeah. um, and that's my job as well. Uh, I dabbled in some broadcast stuff last year at the World Champs in Fukuoka. Mm -hmm. I was over there doing poolside interviews and also writing as well, so that was pretty mental, you know, doing Ariane Titmus poolside and then running out the back where all the print journalists are as well and writing stuff for newspapers. So it was quite an experience. But, um, yeah, just building rapport with those swimmers, um, yeah. you know, I'm a, a lover of swimming. I'm, I'm no expert as well, and I don't ever, and I will never pretend to be. Mm -hmm. So I do like getting voices in those stories of people who know more about swimming and trying to encourage our readers to learn more about these athletes because they are, you know, they're superstars, and, and we all want them to do well ultimately. So, um, yeah, that's our role. Uh, look, I'd love to have a swimming story in the paper every single day. I don't yeah. know if coaches would agree with that, um, and you know, that's a that's an interesting issue. But um, yeah. Just doing our best to tell those stories. Actually, that is an interesting issue because I, I come up against that now. I'm kind of, kind of seen as media. Um, I, I really just started out this podcast to tell swimming stories, and and it started with kind of historical stories and moved on to very you know uh, newsworthy kind of stuff, um, current affair type stuff. But um, I, I get pushback now. You know, I got people that don't want to talk to me and tell me they're you know focused. And um, is do you find the same thing in other sports where you know, an athlete doesn't want to talk until some major event happens. Um, does that happen in other sports? Look, not as much as swimming. Um, 
athletes like I run a lot of rugby, I cover the Wallabies, Waratahs, cricket. Those athletes get used to speaking to the media regularly and they don't make all these big events such a big deal. I think so much is made mm. of the Olympics and trying to protect these athletes from the media in the lead up to the games. Like yeah. traditionally the Australian swimming team in the six weeks before the Olympics won't do much media. They'll try and bunker mm. down and not think about it. So I don't know whether that makes it a bigger deal once you get there to not be used to the media. But then some people take it on, like look at Ariane Titmus. She's great with the media and happy to chat pretty much wherever, whenever. Um and go out and, and do their thing. So, you know, I've heard you on previous podcasts speak about trying to elevate swimming and get more people talking about it. Um, is it a bad thing that people would you know, want to write stories about these mm. swimmers and follow their journey? And, you know, it's not the days when you were swimming and when paparazzi was following Thorpe around everywhere where he was going, for sure. It's yeah. changed a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on it as well um, mm. because – yeah, podcasts are a great medium as well to do mm. that and it's unfiltered and you can get a bit deeper whereas the print reporters like myself and poolside interviewers can only get little snippets and you're getting athletes when they're gassed after a race so it's not necessarily the best you know environment to sit down with a ariane or kaylee or isaac cooper and dive into their story so yeah um, yeah it, it's always that give and take of trying to get as much access but also coaches not wanting to um, let their ego get in the way or have attention around them too much and fly under the radar. Um, but I'd be interested yeah. to get your thoughts on it. No, you're right. Like I've heard that a lot recently from coaches. Uh, you know, I want my athlete to fly under the radar. I'm like, what radar? You know, like we're, we're, we're going to the Olympics. Like we're, you know, we, we're going to the trials. Like it's, we're, we should be talking about swimming, you know, and that's the way I feel now. I, I think I was a protected athlete back in the day where it was like, you know, I was, I was in the Don Talbot era where Don would, take the newspapers from your, from the, you know, your outside your, um, you know, hotel room, you weren't even allowed to touch the newspaper. So, you know, he protected us, uh, drastically. Um, I, I think sport and the way that we look at it has changed now, you know, like uh, in the media, you know, everybody, um, has, is a media outlet in some, some respects, right? You can get on Instagram and you can cut up nice videos and you can do stuff. Um, so we're all kind of like, competing in that in that world and what i've seen a lot of other sports do is they've moved into almost like the entertainment realm where where entertainment is part of the athletics as well you know and that's that's what's really boosted some of these sports that i really enjoy watching i love i love american football i love ufc i love i love events where the athletes are kind of hyping up the event beforehand and then they go and compete and then they talk about you know, openly and honestly about it after it's happened, you know, and um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I mean, you see that you see the Kelsey brothers right now, you know, Travis Kelsey's probably one of the biggest names in, in world sports right now. Cause he's, he's dating Taylor Swift. Right. But you know, he's got his own podcast and he, he competes on the weekend. He comes back Monday morning and sits there with his brother and, you know, analyzes everything and opens up and talks to you about it. Talks about the plays, talks about the media, talks about the, all the, so yeah, I mean, it's just, I think that's what we're up against and swimming is still kind of in the dark ages where we're doing this protective, you know, I don't want to be at the forefront of anything until, you know, six months from now, which is just, to me, it's craziness. Yeah. And the other thing too, as well, um, yeah, athletes, if they want to have a profile after swimming as well, they need to be mm. accessible and, and and happy to talk and, and, and then very marketable as well. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the example that a lot of coaches give is James Magnuson in London and missing out on that gold and, you know, all the talk in the lead up about him and not winning that gold. But like, yeah. 
you know, James is in the media and he's, um, yeah, I don't know if he would have changed things there, but he's spoken about um, a lot of swimmers going into their shell before the Olympics and not speaking mm. a lot. Um, in saying that, though, Swimming Australia are doing their best and, and making some good strides in that. And they do make swimmers available to us, but I think it's more the coaches at this point. Yeah, the coaches. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I've never been an athlete, so I don't know whether standing on the blocks, you're thinking about that before you get in a race. So it's like, hey, there's this big, you know, like there will be some incredible races in Paris, right? Like mm -hmm. why wouldn't we want to get everybody in Australia pumped yeah. up about those races before we get there? Like Ariane Summer, Ledecky Night One is going to be the best yep. race, yep. right? It was the same in Fukuoka. Let's write about that yep. 10 times before we get to Paris. So everybody mm -hmm. there, as millions of people are locked and loaded, ready to go to yeah. watch that and embrace that. Um, For sure. That's my view from the media and I get yeah. the other side, but um, yeah. Now, in terms of where swimming sits now as com compared to where it maybe used to be, like you, you're right, we did have superstars in swimming. You know, Ian Thorpe was a legitimate superstar and there was you know, probably a couple of tears that, that, you know, came off him, you know, you had your Grant Hackett's and, and your Susie O'Neill's people that, that are still regarded as superstars, but obviously Thorpey was the guy, but do we have swimming superstars these days and where does swimming sit in kind of the grand, you know, arena of sports in Australia? Yeah. I mean, getting mainstream coverage is, is trickier than footy codes and that's just the reality of how it is. Thorpey yeah. was one of a kind for sure, but mm. You know, you look at that Australian swimming team now, they're going to go pretty close to trumping what they did in Tokyo and most goals ever by an Aussie team at an Olympics. So, look, there are obviously superstars within that team as well. Yeah. Do they get recognised like Thorpe and Hackett and you know, some of their predecessors on the street like they would? Uh, look, I don't know. But um, what I will say is they're all excellent people, excellent humans. Um, mm. They're all really good to speak to when you do chat to them. I don't think there is an ego about this Australian team. Look, I don't know whether there has been in years gone by, but I think everyone's been really good to deal with on that front. Um, but, yeah, like this Australian swim team, you know, like you go back to Kazan, what do they win? Like one gold medal, individual gold medal at those world champs in 2015. Um, you go to Fukuoka and they absolutely blitzed it and beat the US on the medal tally. So I don't, I'm not sure whether Australian public understand how good this team is and mm. uh, it would be wonderful to just explain to them how good they are and tell those stories and give all of them a massive profile as well and not wait till after the games or in the olympics to try and do that um but yeah, yeah. As, as for the superstar thing like why can't they be ariane titmus at the moment if she does she goes mm. back to back in paris mm. that's rarefied air kaylee McEwen, if she wins two or three gold if she does compete in the im as well then yeah yeah, that's um, that's like all time stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah really, really. Emma McCann, you know, wherever she's at, um, apparently yeah. tracking very well by all reports. So mm. yeah, yeah. Oh no, listen, you, you de we definitely got the the people, uh, the horses in the stable. You know, we just needed we need them to get out there more and talk. And uh, sometimes I wish, you know, you, you said, oh, they don't have an ego. Sometimes I wish they did have an ego because. Like these are the these are the greatest athletes in the world. You know, you you stack them up against any other sport. These are the best. That some of the names that you just mentioned, you know, I mean, ridiculous. They're they're so good at what they do. I mean, they're they're the best in the world. I wish they did have some ego. I wish they came out and spoke about it more. I wish they showed off what they did and who they were, in this in the sense of just being like super proud of it and also, 
you know, creating some storylines, you know, where people would want to talk about swimming. You know, right now we're all hiding, so no one's really wanting to talk about swimming other than, you know, you and me who are kind of just drumming up some stories because everyone else is kind of in the shadows. So it's like, um, in terms of Doha, you talk, we talk about stories. Um, how, what's the word coming out of Australian swimming uh, in terms of the team that they're, they're fielding there? Why, why aren't they at full strength? Yeah, great question. Um, I had a long chat to Rowan Taylor during the week about this. Um, look, he's saying that it was basically a selection. Well, it wasn't a selection at all. There was a, a smaller team that they were going to send always, budgetary means. But, yeah, swimmers basically got a chance to do that. I actually probed him on some of the issues around why a full team wasn't sent. Mm. Uh, obviously, it's the first time that a long course world champs has been in the same years in Olympics. Mm. But... I listened to your previous podcast around um, swimmers swimming fast twice in a year. Yeah. And he argued that that did happen in 2022 where you had Worlds, you had Com Games, um, Jewel in the Pool, World Short mm. Course. So he says like his personal opinion is it can be done. Mm. But um, yeah, a lot of the coaches just thought that it was too big a risk going over and that's that word risk. What does that entail? Mm. Um, obviously, there's good prize money over there for sure. Um, but yeah, he said that they will um, they'll, they'll taper a bit, sort of like a small taper, five to seven days, but they don't want to risk all the work they've been doing. Um, a bit of a personal choice. I asked him whether times or places are better. He just said it's actually the thing he wants to see is progression, you know, faster times, heat semis, finals. Um, but it does feel a bit underwhelming that they're not all going. Yeah. Like the high of Fukuoka being poolside mm. and seeing that when I write a story next week and try and, pump up some coverage on the world champs and everyone goes, where's Titmus? Where's McEwen? Where's Emma? Mm. It's mm. like, well, they're not here. So I think mm. it's a good debate to have at the moment around that. Yeah. Um, it's just, I can understand the apprehension from coaches, but by the same token, as you say, when you want to make it a big, um, a big deal and a big sport and get the best athletes there, like Ron's pretty confident that at the top level, there'll be some good times and good athletes there and it will be interesting, but, uh, I mean, and I mean storylines. We can talk about those. Cam is is the one. Like Cam, it's all the talk yeah. that that Cam's, Cam's going to try and go quick up. Team, hey? Yeah. So like a really weird, different worlds. But um, yeah, Rowan. I think everyone's just working out the pieces of the puzzle in terms of where they're going to compete before trials, and then also planning for post trials. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it, man. How how is it that the the mentality of the fastest man in the world? His mentality is. I can swim fast multiple times throughout the year. You know, I'm going to swim fast at the Worlds. I win a world title in February. I'm going to come back. I'm going to win the, the trials, the Olympics in June. And then I'm going to go out and, you know, my mentality is I want to win the Olympics, you know, a month later or whatever. Like his mentality, the fastest man on earth, his mentality is I can swim fast all the time whenever I want. And yet here we are where we're, we're stuck, like swimming stuck. And you, and you, you said it a couple of times. You said in terms of, regards to the media you know the coaches are apprehensive you said in regards to um, competing the coaches are apprehensive and this is this is my whole you know my, my whole thing here with the sprint revolution is like swimming we need to evolve right we need to change the way we think we need to change the way that we're doing things and it, it goes back to a lot of the coaches making these decisions here you are ha talking to the head coach of australia and him him saying we've seen it, it's possible we can do it you know, some of the best athletes in Australia are saying, we've seen it, we can do it, we're, you know, and then yet the coaches are still holding us back 
in terms of swimming, you know, media and com competition, I think I think the coaches need some need to be slapped around a little bit. And I'm I'm prepared to do it, by the way. Well, you can. You're a swimmer, a coach, and you've got that um, for sure. But yeah, like as I said, Rowan's view is that they can swim quick. He said anyone who's going to Doha is not going there to make up the numbers or roll through and get mm. some international practice. He's like, they're mm. going to win. We'll try and win and swim fast. Everyone yep. there is not going around for that. Um, yeah, slightly less taper, come back, get back into their work. Look, uh, again, uh, longer distance athletes uh, are more tempted to stay home and train. Um, but again, like I'm not sure what it was like in your day, Brett, or around some of the superstars of your era, but would media be allowed to come in and watch these sessions and uh, sort of observe swimmers doing their thing or was it quite um, like closed door, which – yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. You had, you had closed door um, moments, which were extended. And then you would have like a media day where you, it was kind of all set up and fake a little bit, you know, it was all like the media is coming in today. So we're going to do nothing or we're going to do something. It was all kind of staged. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a shame. And, and that's where I felt like it was always, it was always fake. It was like, we're not, we're not really showing who we are, what we're doing. It was just some staged event, but um you know, Grant Hackett, you know, we talk about one of the greatest distance swimmers in history. Grant Hackett uh, swam at the 2002 Commonwealth Games, I believe. I think it was I think it was 2002 and then went on to the Pampax, you know, uh, a month later or whatever. And then swam one of the fastest times in, in his career, in, in, in his life at the end of a massive campaign. And so we talk about distance swimmers. It can be done. It's been proven that it's done, you know. So it's like. I don't know where swimming is stuck in this mentality that you can't swim fast, whether you're a sprinter, whether you're a middle distance swimmer or a distance swimmer, you can swim fast whenever you want. And you can even train through things if you want, right? Like you talk about the training and the mistraining, like distance swimmers can go to the competition and still be banging out 10 K a workout if they want to be doing that and still compete. But we're going to have a chance to then field our best team. Um, I just don't I just don't understand the mentality of swimming. We want to be regarded as one of the world's top sports, but we don't actually put ourselves in that position to to be that. And then and then we complain about the lack of money, the lack of sponsorship. I mean, Australian swimming or swimming Australia, whatever they call themselves now, they they don't even have a, a major sponsor, do they? Uh, not to my knowledge. They've got sponsors, but yeah, um, I don't believe a major. Yeah, which is crazy. All right. Like we're talking about again. We're talking about the best swim team in the world right now coming off last year's Worlds. Number one swim team in the world doesn't have a major sponsor, which to me is ludicrous. You know, it's just, I don't get it. But um, yeah, I was going to say really quickly on that yeah. point, like at the end of 2022 after World Shore Course in Melbourne, the swimmers signed a new EBA where it's like effectively a profit share um, of the sport. So they have a greater involvement in it and it's in their interest to grow the sport for sure mm. um mm. so it's not just being paid by swimming australia and swim they if they can elevate this sport and get more media attention more podcasts talking about them more mm -hmm. revenue coming into the sport they get a slice of that pie and it's hard mm. being olympian and an athlete you know um money-wise for sure if you're not one of the big dogs so um i i'm curious to see where that evolves in the next sort of four to eight years heading into brisbane yeah, and this is, this falls back on the swimmers. And I, and again, I was one of these people, you know, we talk about uh, the excitement of the profit share. There's no there's no profit share if there's no profit. You guys understand that, right? Like you've actually got to go out and make a profit. 
So part of that is exposing yourself, putting yourself out there, talking. Kyle Chalmers, for instance, does, does a fantastic job, right? He's, he's constantly out there doing things and, and putting himself out there. And, and again, an Olympic champion and just a, a great energy and, and somebody that's really interesting. He's got this out, you know, this outside stuff where he, he's a, he's a reptile handler and all that. So he's, he's got interests. It's just, he's an interesting dude. So it's like, we need more people like that. We need more stories like that. But, um, but yeah, swimmers, it's up to you coaches. Like we, we don't move forward unless we change some things. It's not going to happen by doing the same things over and over again. And again, I, I'm, the reason why I'm saying this is because I personally get uh, messages from coaches to say, no, no, we don't want to talk. You know, we're, we're, we're holding our cards close to our chest for the next six months. I'm like, six months? What are you talking about? <laughs> Stupidity. Well, like here's an example. Like I do a lot of other sports, rugby, cricket, and we go to a press conference and say to a Wallabies coach, like we don't expect them to give away trade secrets and how they're going right. to beat the All Blacks or whoever they're playing. Um, and I understand where swimming coaches may not want to have their athletes talking and saying how good I'm going, I'm going awesome, I'm going to win Olympic gold. I, I can understand that. But, um, yeah, like, there's a handful of coaches who haven't spoken for over a year um, about their mm. athletes and they've got right. incredible stables. It's probably no secret there. But the point is like um, even after Fukuoka, the public want to know about these swimmers and updates and, um, yeah, I just I – just, um, I'm really curious to see where it lands in the future. But but, uh, but, but I will say when the swimmers do talk and, and they do speak after meets and all the rest, um, they are great to deal with and um, yeah, they're a bloody good course. team. Yeah, yeah, I've had some great podcasts, and I, I hope to have another one with uh, Dean Boxall at the end of uh, the last Olympics. Sat down with me, and we we sat there for you know almost three hours and just um, just pulled it apart. You know the whole performance, and I and I think we've lined it up again. We're after Paris, we're going to do something similar again. So that's that's exciting. Um, I do wish I could change Dean. I, I, I I've tried. I can't. Um, I don't think anybody can, but. Um, you know, the performances that he's putting out are, are second and none. Um, I just wish we could get more of him, but um, that's it. It is what it is. But, uh, you know, in terms of uh, let's just go back to Doha real quick. You know, we talked about Cam and, and what potentially what he could do and what he represents. Uh, who else is going? Like, tell us tell us something else about the, this Australian swim team. Yeah, I mean, the list is um, – yeah, list is okay. I mean, Isaac Cooper is heading over as well. Had a great year last year, really built on – what he did there at Shaw Course in Melbourne as well. He's doing the 50s. Um, and a yeah, really interesting cat is Isaac, like, mm. you know, uh, very much under the banner that you're um, professing around less training, better, more specificity, um, yep. you, know, um, you know, quality over quantity. And mm -hmm. he's he's living that um, from all mm -hmm. reports. He's, he's going really great. So it's nice to see him go back in the mix and um, – yep. And be racing and like, you know, Cam's the rock star there in the 53 at the moment, but like Isaac was really there, thereabouts in Fukuoka too. So mm. I'm really curious to see where he can take that event. Um, yeah, Shana Jack, I think it's great to go over. Like mm. she's a red hot chance to um, bring back some, some medals and, and some money there from prize money. Cam obviously is the storyline there. Um, Cam Melverton's heading over doing the 4, 8 and 4 AM at this stage. Um, Jenna nice. Forrest has pulled out. Late doors, she's going to just come back. Dean wanted her to um, just be training back at home. Kai Taylor, I mean, a great story there in terms of what he did at, at trials last year, sneaking in for the 200 and um, winning his first gold medal there in the, the 4 by one relay in Fukuoka. So he'll be over there competing. 
And then, yeah, the only real distance male we're looking at is Elijah Winnington, who, who Rowan is like really pleased with how he's progressing um, in a world where, yeah, Mac Horton's not around, having retired. So, yeah, look, I don't think Elijah i would be doing extremely well to get down where Sam Short is, like in the 340s at the moment. Mm. But, um, yeah, like curious to see what sort of times he's posting and, and Brad Woodward as well, who's doing all three backstroke events. Yeah. They're the main ones. But, you know, as as we said, as a reporter who's going to be sitting there, albeit the finals are at like 3 a.m. Sydney time, won't be going over for those. But, um, yeah, you would just love to be having a full team there. And even mm. if they're not going to swim fast, like their fastest times, it would be so great to see them and get a bit of a taste of it. But we'll have to wait until some meets in Oz, like New South Wales States, Oz Champs, and then trials in June in Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dean's going to be there, actually. And, and you said Shana. Shana's a phenomenal swimmer and certainly has chances to win her events. Um, so that's cool that she's going. I don't understand. Like, I, I don't know. You know why is he going? Why is she going? Why some others aren't going of the of the squad? You would think you want your whole squad out there. You think you want them with you and and competing. I don't know. Just that part of it doesn't make sense to me. I'd imagine. I, I it makes more sense if you say none of us are going. But like to say that half are going to go and half aren't. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I spoke to someone close to the camp and they said that Dean asked athletes. It was totally their choice if they wanted to oh. go or not. Um, okay. So that's why there was a split. Obviously, they've been um, getting flogged in Thailand over there, mm. and they did that so that the the athletes could go straight over to to Doha, which is a bit of an easier flight. And and that's also something that they've been working on in the background. Um, I know they're going to go over to. They brought trials forward fractionally earlier, so they can go over to uh, France earlier for a couple of training camps. They felt like in Budapest. In 2022, they didn't go over early enough um, for Worlds and, and learned some lessons there and didn't go as well as they should. So, um, yeah, factoring in all that. But, yeah, Dean will be there. Um, it's not a, a full-strength coaching staff, to my knowledge. Um, mm. But, yeah, yeah. A, a bit of a harder sell in the middle of the night and realistically like a 10% team going over with respect to everyone who is going. Yeah, yeah. Former swimmers looking for a way to give back to the sport in New York City? reach out to Imagine Swimming. Since 2002, they've been the premier learn-to-swim school with international and American staff, including Olympic champions Anthony Irvin and Eric Vent. Imagine Swimming offers infant to adult classes, plus competitive team options, water polo, and an artistic swimming club coached by an Olympic silver medalist. With flagship locations across Manhattan and Brooklyn, Imagine is always looking for the next generation of swimmers to pass on their knowledge and passion for swimming. We individualize training in the pool, so why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Biney of Biney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available. So go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. 
Well, moving ahead to trials, um, what, what's what's the word on the streets over in Australia? How's everybody feeling about where Australia sits um, coming off Worlds, uh, the, the last Worlds where they, they won the gold medal tally, didn't win the overall medal tally, but competed obviously um, head-to-head with the top nation in the world, you know, the US, and, and um, outdid them on the gold medal side. But uh, in terms of, like, looking at Australia's strengths and weaknesses, have, have they felt like they've filled some gaps since then or have they lost some people or how are they feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, Rowan and the, the coaches and the athletes were really, really, really happy with Fukuoka. I think that exceeded expectations, but backing it up, in Paris is the the main goal. If they can't do that, then it's it doesn't mean a whole lot for sure. Mm. Emergence of Sammy Short, I think, is really interesting. Um, I know he's all guns blazing. There's a lot of hype and excitement about him. Mm. He basically in that 400 was nowhere to be seen until he went Oz Champs and did I think a 3:42, and then obviously went two seconds quicker at, at Worlds. So high hopes there. The really interesting ones will be who squeezes into the women's 100 free and obviously the mm-hmm. relay team there too. You've got a couple of absolute legends in Kate Campbell and Bronte Campbell who are coming mm-hmm. back in very different capacities to try and make that team. And there's some red-hot athletes ready to go there. Who that top two positions will be, you know, Emma, Molly or Shana will miss out. Um, Kate Campbell could come back and be in the mix there. Bronte as well. Um, at times we were improving throughout the World Cups last year. So uh, that's a really interesting facet. The breaststroke for the women I think is is one that um, not needs fixing, but that is a, an area of concern possibly. Mm. I know there was some talk of whether or not Kaylee would almost be better suited swimming breaststroke in the medley, which just seems crazy for your best backstroker in the world to be doing that. Mm. Mm. Um which they didn't do in Fukuoka. So, um, yeah, look, elsewhere, men's 4 by 100 obviously winning that gold a bit unexpectedly at Fukuoka has really just lit the fire amongst some of those boys to keep it there. Mm. Cam McAvoy in the 100 will be interesting whether he, you know, dabbles in that. Obviously, the 50 is his main event. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, do you think Cam would be a shout in the hundred. Do you think that's worth exploring or is like, is it, is there, I don't know. It depends really he wants to do realize uh, ultimately that's what it would be yeah. for. Yeah. From what I know, I don't think he's interested at this stage, you know, like I think his sole focus is swimming uh, from one end of the pool to the other faster than any human in history. I think that's where his focus is. And, um, and that's, that's a good goal to have. Why not? You know, if you can, if you can have a shot at that, Take it, but um, I do also think that he loves representing his country. He loves he loves those guys on the team. Um, he wouldn't want to take a spot, from what I gather, um, you know, from somebody that had earned it, you know, and, and felt like would do a really good job in that position. But I think there's also that thought of Cam of like, look, I'm I'm fast. I've I've swum fast hundreds in the past. I know how to do it. You know, I've got more speed than I've ever had. Um, you know, if they need me. I'll, I can bang out one, you know, like I think, I think that's kind of his idea. If there's, if there's a hole, maybe, you know, if it's, if it's a strong team, I think he's going to be like, look, leave it. They're good. If there's, if there's a perceived hole in there, Cam might be that guy who could say, Hey, I can step up here and knock one out and maybe, maybe surprise a few people. But, um, you know, yeah, he, he's, he's definitely good enough. How quick is he going to go um, in Doha? I mean, 
I asked Rowan and he, I said he's, he's sub-21 on the cards and he's like, oh, I don't want to make a prediction on that, but all indications is that he wants to swim quicker. They feel yeah. like everything's yeah. moving in the right direction there. Yeah, from everything again, like you you take it back to consistency and training, focus and, and where he's at and he's done better work than he did in the lead up to the World Championships where he went 21 flat. You know, he was only a few hundreds off getting under that mark you know we're talking six months ago so it's like if he's in a position where he's improved again and his training has been more consistent you would have to think that he's going under 21 um and that's that's where i'm expecting it to be you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised with a world record swim i really wouldn't you know i'm, I'm okay to say that you know he he doesn't want to hear it maybe because he's focused on the details of how to do it but i'm like look all indications are that this could be a world record swim. You know, the the stress is going to be very minimal. You know, there's not going to, it's not going to be a big time race like it is in Paris, even though, you know, all eyes will be on it because it's Cam and, and there's going to be some ca- competitors there for sure. Ben Proud's going to be there, I believe. So it's not going to be handed to him. But uh, in terms of the idea of him being able to go under 21, yes, I think it's um, more than likely that that's going to happen. Yeah. His story, which I think it was night seven or eight in Fukuoka, was was like the the race and how that all panned out and the lead up was fantastic. But his story is, I reckon it's the best story in that swim team, given mm-hmm. what he's gone through over the last few years. Like we saw him at Oz Champs in April, and he was just massive, and we were like, "That's whoa!" Ken McAvoy's yeah. packed it on, and and mm-hmm. then you sort of learn more about that story of, you know, giving it up and coming back and just training. Um, for the sake of it and doing some rock climbing and then coming back and his mate mm. being like, yeah, jump in the pool and see how you go. And he's swimming fast. And he's like, why am I swimming fast? And then getting all nerdy and scientific with it all. Like it is absolute ripper of a story. So happy mm. for him in Fukuoka. And yeah, shout out to you know Tim up there and what they're doing up north. And mm. uh, like, um, yeah, he, he, he could be a superstar. Yeah. And like we, but again, Brett, like, how many Aussies know that Ken McAvoy is a dead set chance of being Australia's first 50 meter gold medalist at the games, you know? Yeah. Maybe yeah. not. Like, and that's our job to, we're not trying to put pressure on Cam. Like, you know, he, he trusts the work. He's going to do that so many times in training that he gets on those blocks in Paris and says, oh, you know, I'm ready. I can guarantee yeah. you that. Um, so let's, let's make a big deal of it and get people pumped and everyone watching that race. For sure, for sure. Look, uh, you know, I think if we're if we're talking about ten guys with the possibility of winning this thing, that would be, you know, that that would be putting too much pressure on Cam. But Cam's in Cam's in a, a very elite class of about three people that could actually win in Paris. About three. That's it. You know, the rest are going to make up the numbers. Happy to be there. Great swim. There's only three that can really contend, as far as I can see. Ben Proud's certainly one of them, and and Ben can win, uh, but on, on any given day. But, you know, we're not talking about a great number of people. So to, to talk about Cam as potentially being a, a gold medalist here, it's not out of the question. You know, like he's he's in that three guys that can do it. He's proven and um, and he's and he's putting in the work. And and look, I agree with you. Physically, he's changed himself. Like I, when I went and saw him train, he, he had a butt like he's just like he looked like a track athlete. It was like. He was strong and powerful. He looked like a racehorse. I was like, damn, Cam, what the hell, man? <laughs> like, he went from, like, a, a little school kid who looked like a 5,000-meter runner, you know, to, like, this this jack, you know, racehorse. And 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 he and he put the work in for that. And he did the specific work, right? He wanted 
He wanted his butt to get bigger because he wanted to be big and strong and powerful so he could get off that block. Like he thought about all these details of what he needed and, and how he needed to apply that. And he's completely changed his physiology, his, his genetic makeup. He just looked completely different, you know, and um, and he's applying that to speed and and he's doing he's getting the things that he needed to swim as fast as possible. Right. And uh, it's really, really incredible to see that, to see what we can do with sprinting. That's that's the exciting thing for me is like it's not just about swimming fast. It's this this man changed his his biology, you know, to look completely different to perform on a, on a completely different scale so there's so much to learn here from cam it's really cool on a lighthearted note as someone who had it was shredded back in the day yourself brett is there much talk amongst the, the boys in uh is there much talk amongst the boys the sprinters you know who's who's looking the best who's looking fit i don't know as you say cam looks like a racehorse yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, Ben Proud has, has been talked about for a few years, just how jacked he is. And I think that's that's where sprinting is going. And I think I think the women are still behind in this, is that, you know, a, a fast female can still swim a good 50, 100, 200, you know? Like, you, you could put Sarah Sostrom, let's say, in a, in a you know, 50 or 100 or 200, and she's going to be super competitive on the world stage. I don't think that, that that's not the case on the men's side. Men, men have evolved into this 50 freestylers now a race of big powerful units you can't be skinny and lean and it's just that we're not going that fast by 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 looking like a 5000 meter runner anymore so like you've got these different classes of sprinters now you got these 50 guys you got your flow manadus you know the these big tall jack units swimming swimming speed and then you've got Kind of your 100, 200 mix guys that can swim 100, 200, maybe, maybe specialize more on the 100. But, um, but I think that's where swimming is going to go. I think there's going to be a separation in those three events, and there primarily hasn't been in the past. I think you're going to see specialists in the 50, specialists in the 100, and specialists in the 200. Within the next 10 years, there's going to be a complete separation in those three events. That's, that's my prediction. What are you most fascinated about ahead of trials, albeit four or five months away? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's my, my hope is that they can fill some of those gaps that you talk about. I want them to be a well-rounded competitive team. It's, it's not good when you see the lack of um, depth in some of those events, you know, you hope it's like, all right, we hope Sam short, everything hits for him because otherwise there's a lack of depth there. Right. So it's like, you got these phenomenal superstars at the top end and then, and then there's a massive drop off. So I'm hoping some of that, you know, that. Uh, those fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth type people can move up a little bit more, tighten up the competitiveness of this team. I want it to be a, a, a really well-rounded team because ultimately I don't care if Australia wins or, or the US wins. And I know people are going to snicker at that or whatever it is, but I want the best racing, right? I don't care if China wins. I want the best racing in Paris. And I think that's what ultimately swimming world is seeing right like i think i think we're seeing a competitiveness on the world stage the the world has shrunk we even though people are still not talking as much as we want them to we're sharing more ideas we're understanding um how people are trained and and we get to see that on a daily basis so the world is shrinking and i think that everybody's fast these days so i think i think it's gonna be a really competitive meet um but at the trials themselves um you know i hope uh I hope Cody Simpson makes the team. How about that? Your boy. 
Your boy. Yeah. How's he going? Yeah. Codes. I hope Codes can get on there. You know, that 100 fly, it's pretty um, pretty competitive event in Australia. You've got uh, a couple of boys swimming fast, right? Yeah, I think Cody's looking at like fifth ranked, you know, at the right. moment. Like his PB's right. got to sort of get deep. Um, he probably would have to improve by three, four tenths, I reckon, yeah. to sort of sneak in there. Probably not. Yeah, that fifty-one oh. flat. That fifty-one flat's kind of going to be where that that number two spot in Australia is, I think. Yeah. Look, I don't know whether there's scope to to try and sneak him in as a heat relay swimmer, but yeah, like it'd be a great story for sure. Um, absolutely brilliant story, which will be cl followed closely. Um, I know he was a bit a bit crook last year and sort of battled through that a bit um, up there with Bowley, but mate. Again, looking like racehorses, like he's just looks in absolutely mm. cracking mm. shape. So yeah, he looks um, great. Yeah, I told him that last time I saw him. I was like, "Geez, man, look at you. Uh, he, he looks great. You know, he's in a a, a good squad." Um, but yeah, that's a competitive event, in Australia, because it's just it's just like jammed up in that that top end. You know, you've got like you said, five or six guys that could you know, on any given day kind of hit the numbers. But I think ultimately. If you put yourself in that 50 point high range, that that's kind of where you can get your guarantee. If you're playing in the 51 low range, you're you're playing craps, you know. So yeah, you gotta you gotta find a way to get into the 50 point range. Yeah, 100 percent Um, and like Matty Temple late last year in Japan yeah. went yeah. 56 or 50, 57. 50 yeah. 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 So like that's it's like top few in Fukuoka there, albeit they come fifth yep. in Tokyo. So, I mean, absolute legend is Matty Temple and um, slight improvements. You never know, right place, right time. It could be a, a sneaky chance um, for a medal there. So, yeah, looking mm. like that second spot, yeah, for the 100, 100 fly. But, um, yeah, like further to your point, the the races is what you want to see for sure. Like I looked through that list, even in the women's, you know, 100 – um, Siobhan Jorge, Emma, Molly, and then the 200 will be an absolute belter um, with with Molly versus Ariane. You know, presumably they both go through. That was a ripper in Fukuoka, and then, yeah. um, and then Summer. Like, what's she going to cook up at trials there in April or May for Canada? And Canada, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah I'd chat? love to see Kyle Chalmers go uh, 46, mate. I don't think he's gone 46 yet, has he? He's 47 low. A 40, number of times. 4708, maybe, or 06. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, he's got to crack in that 46, Kyle. Come on, mate. It's time, buddy. Let's get this thing. He's quite he's capable, you know. Like he's got he's got speed. He's shown speed. He's obviously got the back end. For some reason he's just peppering that 47 flat. We've got to, you know, you've got to make a breakthrough. And and a breakthrough for him could be a you know, two two tenth drop, a three tenth drop. Like he could he could drop play under. It's not like he's just playing with hundreds here. So I'm I'm hoping Kyle can put one together and and bust out, you know. That'd be cool. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, a breakthrough win in Fukuoka as well, his first individual world title, which like meant a lot to him as well. And um you speak to the guys after the races too and that four by one, they all spoke about that in the lead up of how much they just want to replicate what the boys did in Sydney. 20 odd years ago and mm, good. like that means so 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 much to all of those fellas um so if they can do that that'd be great mm. and then the yeah the question is big dressel is he going to lurk in late doors is there any chat around him and what he's doing 
Yeah, there's definitely chatter uh, that he's training well. Yeah, and and he's back in the game. Um, he's about to have a kid. I don't know any time now. You know, the next couple of days uh, for sure. So like that's happening soon. Um, so that that's life changing, right? We all know that. So it's like, um, how does that affect him? Positively, negatively, neutral? I don't. I don't think there's a neutral here. I think I think it's either going to boost him or it's going to take something out of him but ultimately he's back in the game and he's swimming well he's training well from all accounts and um, from what i've seen his fly looks really good and connected i think he's still working through some tweaks in his freestyle so i hope he i hope he can figure that out but again like he's he's such a talent mate and it's good to see him back good to see him happy in racing i, I want to see him now happy and winning again you know so that'd be that'd be cool but imagine a you know a showdown if he was back to his form and and Kyle's back, you know, at his best at another Olympic showdown like we had in Tokyo. How cool would that be? Popovich going to, like, mm. come back into the mix. I mean, all the talk there was that he um, wasn't as training as hard and had taken things a little lighter last year to finish school and just get the the whole long picture stuff, big picture stuff sorted. Yeah. Um, like, he could just come back and go high 46s again and just rock the world so that would be he could man he couldn't i want him to i would love that imagine if we had i mean there's so many guys there's jack alexi from the us he's he's legit I've, I've seen him train i mean phenomenal you got uh, uh pan pan zeal uh you know he he's swimming so quick so it's like they could ultimately legitimately be five or six guys under 47 you know like they're good enough to do it now can they all do it at the same time that would be that was something of interest but wow wouldn't that be remarkable if we get five or six guys popping under 47 all at the same hitting hitting full steam and that would again bring the 100 freestyle back to the most exciting race at the olympics that'd be that'd be super cool 100 yeah and the women's will be absolute blockbuster stuff too i um, yeah. Really fascinated to see how Bolly's um, managing Emma, and we all know that they were. Um, she was never going to be at her best at Fukuoka, and had taken some time off after Tokyo. So, um, all that timing, right? Um, would would love to see her in the mix, and she will be. She's an absolute pro, and um, one yeah. last throw of the dice, really, for her. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you caught up with a few athletes, coaches when you were out here. Um, good trip, worthwhile. Pick up some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, loved it. It was it was kind of in the lead up to summer, and I know you know a lot of the best work the Aussies do is in the summer because they're, they're swimming long course, it's outdoors mostly, and the, the sun's out, and it's just a good vibe in Australia during this period. So I'm I'm expecting, actually, even though it might be a weaker team, I'm still expecting some fast swims out of the Aussies because of that fact, right? Like it's it's mm. summertime; it's perfect to go and race some long course for them. So I think I think there'll be some good swimming here from the Aussies, hopefully, and. Um, I don't know how much stock we can put into that, but uh, at the same time, um, yeah, I think I think the trials are just going to be cutthroat, super competitive. I, again, I think those two top two spots. I mean, that each event is deep enough to be like, wow, who who's going? It could be a toss of the coin here. You know, there's no guarantees necessarily. Like you wouldn't even say that uh, there's any. You couldn't put a guarantee on anyone in the women's hundred freestyle in Australia. There's no there's no guaranteed winner. <laughs> They're that deep, you know. No, there's not. I mean, yeah, and one who probably won't be there now is Maddie Wilson, who's mm. is pregnant. Um, was announced mm. with Matt Short yesterday that they're having a baby. So I'm yeah. presuming uh, she answered me. So, yeah, yeah, great story there. But it's absolutely crackerjack, that women's 100 free for sure. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a great race. I can't wait for that. So yeah, yeah. Be interesting. Um, Himalaya Callahan's definitely one of those that Dean keeps under the radar and does a good job managing her. But um, from all accounts, she's such a talent and such a racer. So yeah, she's gonna be deadly when when it comes time again. So. Yeah, pretty cool. I'll catch up with Dean when I'm there and um, hopefully pick his brain a little bit. I'm sure he's not going to give me much, but um, maybe I'll just uh, follow him around like he follows other people around, do a little spying on Dean, you know, so see what happens. Well, mate, I can tell you from the, the broadcast side of Fukuoka, it was like, find Dean Cam. But producers are like, where's Dean? <laughs> Whenever he's got someone in a race, it's like, and now he's got really oh, good yeah. at trying to hide, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. like he'll find a little quiet place where he knows the cameras aren't going to be or mm. um, I'm sure, I'm not sure, Will there be a big crowd in Doha? I would have no idea. Um, but I actually don't know about the crowd. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing for crowd, but um, I got a VIP access, so I'm going to be wandering the halls and I'll, I'll track him down wherever he is. I'll, I'll put a little spy cam on him um, if I can. So that'd <laughs> be cool. But um, all right, mate. Well, listen, it's been cool. It's been good to catch up. And uh, if there's any breaking news, you know, shoot it, shoot it our way. We can share that. You know, I'll, we'll um, do some shared media. I'll, I'll do the same over there in, in Doha. If anything, crosses me I'll, I'll pass it to you all right yeah beauty thanks for the time and um yeah big year ahead fire up yeah good stuff mate appreciate it tom take care mate